Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 236 of the Root Cause Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Audrey. If this is your first time listening... I hope you stick around. Today we're talking about hormone belly. Um, I am a naturopath, a functional integrative medical practitioner, and a root cause specialist. So I help you heal. I help you heal from the root cause. So rather than putting a Band-Aid over whatever is going on in your body, I help you find exactly what causes it. We heal from that root cause so that it goes away forever. All right, let's dive in. Let's talk about this hormone belly. Usually I hear about this from clients who have tried everything and they are still struggling to get rid of a belly bulge. Often it's below the belly button. Um, And, you know, truthfully, your hormones are a lot of times the answer to that. Now, what you really have to do is not just say, okay, it's your hormones, because there are ways to balance that while still using a Band-Aid, right? So things like um, bioidentical hormone replacement, all of those things, those are all Band-Aids, rather than finding out why your body's hormones are out of whack in the first place. And a lot of times people will say, well, Audrey, it's because I'm perimenopausal, or I am menopausal or whatever. And still, there are mechanisms in your body that are innately put there so that you don't have to go through those things. So you could have a congested liver, you could have um, high stress. And usually the people who say I have no stress are the people who have the highest stress. (laughs) Um, There's also and your adrenals aren't kicking over and taking over when your primary organs, primary hormone organs slow down. There's all kinds of stuff. But we're going to dive into all of that today. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Let's get in it. So when we're thinking of hormones that impact your belly, that impact your ability to lose weight, there's a couple different things to think of. You can have an underactive thyroid, uh, even if it is subclinical on your standard lab report, often that can still be the case. You could have something like PCOS or menopause. So that's your standard estrogen, progesterone, balance type hormones. It could also be insulin related. So you could have an insulin resistance type situation happening. It could be an environmental trigger. It could be toxins. It could be chronic stress. It could be medications that you're on or medications that you were on. Did you spend a lot of time on birth control? So many of us have, right? Um, Any of those things can be at the root of your resistant belly fat, particularly that resistant hormonal belly fat. So let's take a look at some of the things that you want to notice if you think that your hormones are making you gain weight. So here's a couple things to know, uh, uh, signs, I guess you'd say. So if you if you have a hormone belly and you feel less full, less satiated after eating, right? So if you used to be able to eat an eight count um chicken nugget meal, which I don't advocate for anyone eating a chicken nugget meal, but just roll with me here. If you used to eat an eight count chicken nugget meal and feel full, but now you could really do a 12 count and you're still like, dang, this didn't fill me up. Then it could be a signal that your hormones are impacting your metabolism regulating hormones. So your sex hormones are are impacting your metabolism regulating 
hormones. Generally, estrogen and testosterone are the two kind of main culprits here. What happens is that if you have lower than normal levels of circulating estrogen, you might find yourself not feeling full, not feeling satisfied after a meal because estrogen has a huge impact on leptin. And you might have heard me talk about leptin before, maybe you've just heard of it before, but leptin is your satiety hormone. Leptin is um, what tells your brain that you've had enough to eat. It's one of the reasons why I tell people to wait six minutes before getting a second serving. Not not that I care if you eat a second serving, and if you're hungry, you certainly should, but it takes about six minutes for the message to get from your stomach to your brain that, and it's a little bit different than ever, for everybody, of course, um, but it takes that long to, for your your signal, the leptin signal to get to your brain to say, hey, we are stuffed. But when you go right in for those seconds, that's how you end up like, oh, I wish I had worn elastic waist pants today, right? (laughs) Think of that Thanksgiving dinner full, right? So if you are experiencing that hormonal belly that you think might be related to low estrogen, then a quick, easy thing to do, something that you can DIY and start yourself is including uh, ground flax seeds. And they have to be, you have to grind them yourself. So if you buy ground flax and it's already lost all of its luster because it's become oxygenated and then it's not as good, it doesn't work as well. Um, But grind your own flax seeds and add them to smoothies. Cruciferous veggies. So those are things like broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and all those yummy things and fermented foods, right? So you want all of those things that help to function as healthy phytoestrogens. Notice I did not mention soy there. That's often what a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll just drink soy milk. Don't do that. No, no, no. Avoid the soy milk. But cruciferous vegetables like Brussels sprouts, kale, collards, broccoli, cabbage, um, they help the body process out bad estrogen. And flax seeds um, have a really profound group of chemical compounds that help to function as phytoestrogens. Overall, it has a really balancing effect on your estrogen and can be a quick DIY method to help reduce that um, stubborn belly fat. Now, the second thing is if you have a hormone belly and you are always stressed out, right? And like I said at the top of the show, usually the people who are always stressed out are the ones that are saying, I'm never stressed. I have no stress, right? When you're stressed, your adrenal glands produce cortisol. And that's what helps your body respond to stress. A a little bit of cortisol can be really helpful. It's what gives you the ability to fight, flight, or freeze. But for most humans, most humans on this planet with any number of responsibilities, um, you're under constant stress. And your adrenals can't tell the difference between running from a bear or um, just having a crappy day, right? So that cortisol increases heart rate, blood pressure, blood sugar. By the way, a lot of times this happens in the middle of the night too. So that can be a sign of stress. Um, And so All of these things are correlated in studies with an increased amount of hormone belly or abdominal fat. So your game plan is to mitigate your stress, right? So I talk about this often. I prescribe it to every person in my practice. 
you have to have a daily meditation practice. You have to. It can look completely different than mine. It can look completely different than the person next to you or anyone else. But you have to be able to find calm and better manage life stressors. And research shows that the best way to do it is not a prescription. You do not have a Xanax deficiency. (laughs) It is not even a supplement. It is meditation. It dramatically lowers cortisol levels that circulate in the blood. It reduces stress. It reduces inflammation. And it helps you to release that stubborn hormone belly that you are so frustrated with. Now, another sign that you are uh, having hormone belly problems, (laughs) that it's hormone belly, right, is that you crave sugar and you have a hormone belly, right? You have have a belly, right? And you crave sugar. So if you're constantly craving sugar, then it could be what I was talking about earlier with the insulin resistance, right? Insulin resistance is a step before diabetes. Uh, It prevents your cells, really the best way to say it is it prevents your cells from absorbing sugar from the bloodstream. So your cells think they are constantly starving for carbohydrates. (laughs) And I don't want to get out on the low carb diet plan, right? Because low carb long term is not a healing diet. Low carb in the short short term has all kinds of healing benefits. So what's the short term? It could be a 24 hour fast. It could be a three day fast. It could be an annual five day fast. And by fat, like that has some really fat, once you go more than a couple days, like there's some really strict parameters that have to be in place. Uh, it could be fasting 12 hours overnight, which I recommend everyone do. But that's where it ends, right? After that 12 hours, very few people have the right metabolic and physical body type to be able to sustain intermittent fasting or a ketogenic lifestyle. Ketogenic lifestyle for women leads to hormone disruption. (laughs) It leads to low thyroid. It leads to hair loss. It leads to all kinds of things. So it's not a healthy diet long term for about 80 to 85% of the population. Most people, I've said this a lot lately, most people think they, they that they are the exception to the rule and they are not. Now, what I'm not condoning is double fisting potato chips and french fries all day. That is not uh, a healthy use of carbohydrates either. What I want you to do is not be afraid to eat all the berries to have the whole damn banana instead of half a banana, to eat an apple a day, that's totally fine. None of those things are things that gave that got you in the position that you're in now, whatever it may be with a chronic illness, with a few pounds that you want to lose with a hormone belly that's driving you nuts. None of those things got you there. Okay. All right. So if you're craving sugar, and you have a hormone belly, you're probably having some level of insulin resistance your cells are literally starving for carbs, even though you're eating carbs. Um, and so when you have this problem, you're constantly snacking on stuff all the time. You have consistent, consistently elevated levels of insulin, and it makes your cells resistant to leptin. So we decrease the what, what ends up happening is you have a decreased sensitivity to both insulin and leptin. And those hormones aren't able to tell your brain that it's time to stop eating. So you continue to crave sugar and you continue to add on to um, your current issue. So 
there's lots of ways to increase leptin sensitivity. And like I said, oftentimes, there are many roots to a single tree. So hormone belly, we're talking about all different causes here. I'm breaking it down into really, really simple terms and giving you some things that you can do today to start making changes. However, you also have to know that a lot of times there are environmental, infectious, parasitic, toxic things that are also contributing to this. And so to really achieve a full root cause revolution, a full root cause healing, then you have to address all of those roots, okay? Um, But one way that you can address leptin sensitivity for insulin resistance really, really well is a HIIT workout. Now, you don't want to do a HIIT workout five days a week, particularly if you're over about 35 or if your body is already in that fight or flight mode. You know, it's kind of like I like to do CrossFit. I know that my limit is about three days a week of CrossFit before it starts having a negative effect on my body. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't work out those other days. I just do something more gentle. So HIIT workout two to three times a week, not on back-to-back days, will help to increase your leptin sensitivity and increase your insulin sensitivity, okay? Now, the last one we're going to talk about is losing your hair. So this is a common one that I hear from people, and I'll probably do an entire episode on hair loss. Um, When I lost 100 pounds several years ago now, five, six years ago now, uh, I struggled with hair loss after that, right? So what that tells me is five, six years ago, I did something wrong in there to have caused that. Now, sometimes it's just caused by losing that much weight in a year. That's a lot of weight to lose in a little bit of time. Um, But if you have hormone belly and you're losing your hair, then your hormones are generally to blame. Now, a lot of times this is thyroid hormone, but it can also be an estrogen issue as well. So you have estrogen dominant. So it can be a little bit different. Sometimes there's some testing required to find out. Um, If you have an underactive thyroid, even remember, I said subclinical. So a lot of times the doctor will look at your TSH, your thyroid stimulating hormone and be like, ah, no thyroid problem. No worries. That's not the only thing you need to run a full thyroid panel, including antibodies in order to make sure that that is not what is causing your hair loss and your hormone belly. Now, thyroid is kind of a funny thing. It is not a a root cause. (laughs) So you then have to go find out what is causing your thyroid to be uh, underactive. Okay. There is a really complex relationship between energy metabolism, food metabolism, and thyroid hormones. Um, And so it's not easily described in this way, I guess. Um, But the most simple explanation is that your thyroid isn't producing enough hormones that causes your metabolic rate to slow down, which reduces the number of calories your body burns on a daily basis. It contributes to weight gain. And then particularly this tends to happen around the midsection, right? These hormones work together with other hormones and proteins and receptors and all of these chemical messengers in the body. And so it's a very layered process with lots of downstream effects, usually characterized by slow metabolism, weight gain, abdominal belly issue, fat, you know, can't get rid of the belly bulge, and then um, losing hair all over the scalp. 
for estrogen dominance hair loss, same symptoms, but the hair loss, even in women, is on the crown of the head, right? Just kind of that circular pattern. Often this happens to men too. It's a combination of stress and uh, estrogen dominance. Everyone thinks it's genetics, but you have to remember genetics loads the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. So what you want to do in this case is get your lab work done. You want a TSH, you want the labs you need should be a TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone. You want to get free T4, total T4, free T3, total T3, reverse T3, anti-TPO antibodies and anti-thyroglobulin antibodies, as well as your vitamin D, your CBC, your CMP, and other inflammatory markers. And then you have all of that lab work looked at. Your regular doctor can run those labs for you. And then you can see a naturopath in your area, or you can see me virtually from anywhere in the world. We can go over those numbers, see where you land, uh, and then work on optimizing your nutrition and your lifestyle to support your thyroid so that you can grow your hair back so you can get rid of that hormone belly and ultimately recover. All of this, all of this to say that yes, hormone belly is a real thing. It's not quite as simple as it sounds. It's definitely not the end of the world. You can absolutely make it go away. And yeah, hormone belly doesn't have to stick around. There's always, always, always a root cause. You can always, always, always recover. So thank you so much for listening today. I will see you next week. Remember that I'm always rooting for you, friend. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.